Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hey, hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die in Combat, and with me today is... Ayatollah! As always, Ian Wadley from New Orleans. And Ian, Ian, this week I really want to get into our show because we got a lot to talk about. No time for news, my friends. So, no uh, yeah, no time for news. So, no time this time. No time this time. Yeah, good. Hey, that's, that's pretty clever. I wonder if that song made it to our list. Because this week we're going to go headlong into what Ian and I consider our favorite police songs. Yes, we have more than 20, but we rounded it down to 20. And we got a lot of talking to do, so no news. The only news you need to know is I rule, Ian rides my coattails. So what do you say we get into it? Whatever you say, I do what you tell me. I really enjoyed when we did the top 10 live albums. That was a lot of fun. and That was know, incredible. Yeah, to let the people know, we did it yesterday. Though this is being aired way after the fact. But we had so much fun with the top 10 live albums that we're going to do top 10 police songs. And, you know, 20. We, top 20. And, we, you know, we'll review albums. And now and then, I would like to do top 20 episodes in the future. You know, maybe, like, top 20 idiots on our page that hate Elvis. Yes. I know, I know who will be number one on that one. Me. All right. So, uh, what do you say we dive into it? or do, well, Let's talk about the police first. Huh? What do you say? Yes. How I discovered the police. I remember vividly. It was the first album. When the first album came out, I was at the beach and I heard Roxanne for the first time. And for the first time, I was hooked. I loved it. It was so new to me. And it was great. And I couldn't wait to hear it again. And I went out and bought that album. And I've been a big police fan. I bought all their albums. I love them all, except, you know, I'll be honest with you, Synchronicity is kind of like, eh. Has its moments, but it's not the greatness of Ghost of the Machine Down. Would you agree? Uh, a thousand percent. Really? You're not a yeah. fan of Synchronicity? Uh, th- there are some songs I absolutely love, but yeah. as an album, it's it doesn't hold up to the first four. Exactly, and I think, and that album was probably their biggest. Oh, for by far. By far I yeah. saw them that tour. That was the only time I ever oh, saw the police. Oh, man. The only time I ever saw the police was that tour at the Orange Bowl. With uh, the fix and the the new animals, believe it or not. Oh wow! Yeah, it was the animals, but the new animals, but and the fix. Right. And uh, boy, the place was sold out. They were at their height, and the smartest thing they could have done was break up at that point because, you know, it looks Dream of the Blue Turtle. I know people like that shit, but that's the direction Sting wanted to go in, and I'm glad the police didn't go with him on that because Sting pretty much called the shots by that point. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So they quit at the perfect time. Even though uh, Synchronicity was a step down, at least it was their biggest hit and they left on top. And that's a smart thing to do. I know if uh, Thrasher and I ever made a Synchronicity, it'll be like, all right, I'm breaking up the band and it's going to be Dr. Fuck's Blizzard of Fuck. Yep. <laughs> I already got the song titles. You want to know the song titles to my solo album, Blizzard of Fuck? Sure. Track one, I know. <laughs> Track two, Crazy Train on Ian's Mom. Hey! 
Track three. Goodbye to Bromance. That's my 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 dedication to Thrasher Die. Uh, track four. D's nuts. Track <laughs> track five. Suicide is a solution for you assholes. Track six. Mr. Furley. It was a a dedication to Don Knotts. Andy. Uh, track seven. More bone movies. A dedication to my addiction my addiction to porn. Uh, uh, track eight, Revolution. Ian's mom. Hello. <laughs> and uh, track uh, ten, uh, steal away your wife. <laughs> Thank you. That will be my solo album. Once you know, Thrasher Die does their synchronicity. Oh yeah, we will sell out. You know the 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 Metallica had the black album. Thrasher Die is gonna have the pink album. Wait, just you wait. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ian, I talked enough. Uh, I-, I love the police. I saw him once. Big fan. Now you. Uh, I love. I can't remember a time without him because uh, my dad was a, a huge police fan, and they were always played. Uh, and I love. I, there's probably no band I listen to more than the Police. I mean, they're on any like iPod or fucking phone or mixtape or anything I ever had. Uh, like every day and I never ever get sick of them uh, I, you know I love all the albums we, we both agree Synchronicity was a step down um, but th- they're amazing uh, Stuart Copeland my second favorite drummer of all time you know first one's Bill Ward uh, second Stuart then Neil Peart and Andy Summers is their secret weapon I mean just such abstract eerie guitar that he plays and, and Sting, I mean, that fucking voice. His bass playing is incredible. Uh, I, I agree, his solo shit, uh, you know, it, it's not my bag. I pre- He's got some good songs, but uh, the best analogy I ever heard was, uh, uh, I read was an interview with uh, Andy and Stuart, and they said Sting would bring us these fucking pussy love songs, and we would policeify him. And that makes perfect sense if you listen to the police and you listen to Sting solo. You know, Sting needs someone to tell him no and someone to take it in a little bit of a different direction. And they were the perfect foils for it. Ah, kind of like Vinnie Vincent and Kiss. Yeah, there you go. Um, but the, an, an amazing band. And, and I hope we turn some people on to the police because a lot of people are like, eh, you know, they're so sick of every breath you take. I and, love uh, that song. I and, love, love, love that song. And, and and the radio songs, you know, where they just don't like Sting personally or where his solo career went. I hope we turn somebody on, you know, because check this shit. And this is some headphone shit. Definitely. Every police have some headphone shit because there is so much shit going on in those songs. For, for fucking a three-piece, absolutely amazing. And, uh, man, what more can I say? They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Let me ask you, what would you consider the worst police song? I have one. Ooh, uh... They have, have, you know... Come on, let's be honest. They do have quite a few clunkers. More better songs than bad songs, but... They had, like, a handful of clunky songs. I I wouldn't say that. When I'm making this list, it was such, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm taking this away and then I'm adding this and I was driving myself crazy and I was thinking, it would be just as hard for me to pick 10 police songs that I don't like. But uh, off the top of my head, uh, two that I really would always skip would be uh, Mother 
and yeah. uh, Tea in the Sahara. Okay, I like Tea in the Sahara, but no, I'm not a, a fan of Mother. You know what song I really like? I re- it just bothers me, and it's, and it's like single, and a lot of people like it. I don't like Wrapped Around Your Finger. Okay. That song bothers me. It always has. But, fuck that. Now that we got over the bad part, because there's not many bad police songs. That's one thing I got to stress. For the most part, in my opinion, I say 90% of their material is great. And 10%. But that goes for any band, really. Except, you know, if you're... If if Bill Ward is in Black Sabbath, then, you know, you only got one or two. Would you say 90% of Motley Crue is good? Uh, no. Good? No. Vice versa. <laughs> no, no. I'd say, I'd say 90% is bad. I mean, seriously, man. That, I mean, I don't think there's been any band that had more fillers than that band. And, and I love some old crew, man. You know? I, 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 I do too, but I'm saying overall, career-wise and album-wise. Boy, that's, they should just, they should just rename themselves filler. Because, you know, and when you see them live, I'm getting ready to see them again. I mean, of course they play the cream of the crop. You know, a couple songs I'd rather not hear. But uh, live, they are going to play the good shit. But, man, if you stack up their recording career, whoo! Yeah, it's very hit and miss. And even they say it. You know, even Nikki Six hates theater pain and shit like that. Anyway, um, okay. So, uh, since the live albums I made you go first, I'll go first with the police. How's that? All right, you do it. All right, well, let me pull up my list here. At number 20. I love this song. Oh, by the way, just like the live albums, just like the live albums, what we're going to do is we're going to name, like, those live albums, I consider them all perfect tens. And uh, these songs, I consider perfect tens as well. And uh, some of them are obscure, and I believe it or not, there's some on here that are hits, big hits that made it to my my list. So you know, I'm not biased because I know there's a few people out there. I'm not gonna name names that they don't like songs that are popular. Hey man, if the song's good, the song's good. I don't care if it's popular or not. And you will tell by my list because there's a, there's I, I'll admit there's more obscure than popular. But yeah, there's a re- there's a lot of really popular police songs that made my list, and now Ian's back from peeing because I do not want you to uh, miss uh, yeah. my number twenty. Well, right before before you announce that, I want to say I'm very excited for this because uh, due to a technicality, I had to tell you my twenty live albums so we could figure out if we That's had the right. music in the background. And I was very upset about that because I wanted it all to be a surprise to you. Even though I'm sure you probably forgot as we went along. Yeah, I did. But uh, I have no idea what your list is. So I'm very excited and you have no idea what my list is. Yeah. And uh, I'm ready to do this shit. All right, I'll go first. Uh, at number 20, a perfect song, even though it's at 20 because the police fucking rule. Low Life. I love Low Life. It's kind of ballady, but it's not a ballad. And uh, I really have no, not much to say about Low Life. I just, it made my, it made, it's the bottom of my list, but it's an amazing song. I love Low Life. What do you think? Uh, I love it. And, and something we need to bring up that's very important, and Low Life is a perfect example. Uh, 
what you really need to get is message in a box the complete box set because a lot of these uh i i don't know about your list because we haven't gone through it I, I see you have it i have it myself i bought it the day it came out um I, I have like four or five of my picks are B-sides, you know, that you, you know, and, and they're so good. The only band I can think of is like the Beatles, whose B-sides are better than most people's A-sides. The same with the police. They have some amazing fucking B-sides and low life almost made my top 20. It almost made it. I, I, I absolutely love that song. Great pick, Ralph. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when this came out, it was sold as every police song ever is on this. Right. Then Andy right. Summers said, no, there's a few that didn't make, you know, a few unreleased tracks that aren't on here. Which I did I, not know that. Yeah, Andy Summers said that, but I haven't heard it, so I can't say. But uh, yeah, Low Life is uh, my number 20. What's your 20? Do, do you remember what that's the B-side of? I don't, don't recall. Okay, okay. All right. I, I believe it is maybe Message in a Bottle or maybe later, I don't know. No, I, I think Low Life was around Ghost in the Machine. Oh, okay. I could be... Uh, the ones I picked the B-sides, I wrote what it was the B-side of, but I was just curious. All right. Uh, uh, my number 20 is a B-side, and this was the B-side to your precious wrapped around your finger, and that is someone to talk to. Uh, an amazing Andy Summer song. He, he does the vocals, and this was one he wrote about uh, he was getting divorced from his wife, who eventually he would remarry. Uh but uh, just a great song about breaking up with somebody and being alone. And uh, I absolutely love it. Are, are you a fan of the song? Yeah, I do love that song. It didn't make my list, but it, it is another one of those great police songs. Like I said, most I love most of shit. I love most yes. of the stuff they've done. And that's a great one. Yeah, that is and, a really and, good one. And, and while most songs are sung by Sting, there are tracks sung by Andy Summers and songs sung by Stuart Copeland. Yeah, like uh, Mother. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a bad example. <laughs> I, I got into a fight once with a, with a girl, not not a fight, but an argument, because she was a huge Sting fan, and she was telling me how Sting solo is so much better than the Police, and she's like, "Oh, really, Mother?" And I was like, "Oh, fuck you, bitch." <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> Come on, I mean, I, I can pick a million million Sting songs just as bad. All right, all right. What's your number nineteen, Ralph? Oh. Uh, my number 19 is uh, a ripping song, uh, Landlord. Uh, Landlord, I believe, was a... Uh... A B-side. Uh, yeah, I love uh, the little, that ripping solo in the beginning. and that It's very punky. And I love that about the police. I mean, they were very inspired by reggae and punk. And this one, day, it was a little more punk than and no reggae on this one. But it's rip-roaring, and it's fast, and I love it. Landlord Rules, I love that one. Uh, what do you think of that one? Oh, great song, and another example of why you need Message in a Box, because it's not on any album, but uh, it's an incredible police song, man. Definitely a fast rocker, you know? Different than uh, than the others. Great choice. All right. All right. All right, my number 19 is off the debut album, Outlandish to More, and that is Be My Girl. <laughs> this is uh, uh, hashtag Sally, uh, but uh, another one sung by uh, Andy Summers, and it's a song about buying an inflatable doll and fucking her. And uh, 
Uh, Sting sings a part, and Andy's, there's a part where it stops, and Andy just starts talking, you know, and about getting, buying this fuck now. And he's like, and when I'm feeling naughty, I blow her up with air. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just such a weird fucking track, but it's, you know, it's, it's definitely up there, you know, in police songs. I mean, just because it's so fucking weird and so different than everything else that was out at the time. You know, they were considered, you know, new wave, you know, post-punk kind of shit, but, you know, they sound nothing like the Cars. And I love the Cars, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I mean, the police were something very distinct and very unique, and this this song is an example of that. What do you yeah. think, Ralph? Uh, I love that song, too. Uh, so far, everything you've named has not made my list, but it is a great song so far. Uh, I like that song a lot. And what we were saying, you know, in a way, um, police were kind of game changers, too. Like Nirvana was in the 90s, but I don't think they've gotten that recognition. But when I was a little kid, police was like, they 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 spearheaded that movement. I don't think any band was as big as the police no. that, because they if it wasn't for the police, there wouldn't be like, you know, the cars and, and like a, a lot of those bands that followed them. And, you know, even those like, they're not popular anymore, but, you know, like, uh, oh, the specials, remember the specials and. And, yeah. uh, you know, the Boomtown Rats and, you know, even like older bands took notice of the police. Look at the Rush. Yeah. Oh, uh, Vital Signs. Uh, uh, Spirit in the Radio in the middle. Yeah. And the oh, words yeah. of the prophet. That's total police. Oh, yeah. And Vi- Vital Signs. Yeah, Vital Signs. Yeah. And, and, and uh, uh, Neil Peart said police were a huge influence on that era of Rush. Huge. Huge. That and somebody called Max... Max Webster. Max Webster. Those two were very yeah. influential on 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 uh, Russian total. But you know, a lot of bands. Look, Kiss, Naked City. That sounds like Roxanne. You know, right? But then Kiss like will jump on anything though. Oh yeah. Um, but, <laughs> You're worse uh, than your mother. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so uh, that takes us to what, 18? Yeah, you're number 18. My number 18 is pretty much in the same vein as my number 19. And it's, uh, I don't know if it's a B-side. I think it's like one of the recordings before the uh, the first album. It was a single or a B-side to a single. Let uh, me know. Dead End Job. Yes. That's like a B-side to a yeah. single that was released before the first album. Yes. That song is so pummeling. Again, oh, yeah. just like Landlord, it's very fast-paced and, and sporadic and and heavy and punky and don't want no dead-end job. Don't yeah, need a number. Yeah. Fucking great song. That's my 18. What do you think? Uh, I love it, and I think that's a prime example of what people who like are just a casual police fan or only know the radio shit would be very surprised to hear songs like Dead-End Job because it's so fucking different. Yeah, uh, you know, and and they were breaking out of the, you know, at the time, uh, you know, they they admit if you've seen any of the documentaries or the movies they made about the police, they're like, hey, we had to be punk. They're, they're like, we we had all this talent, but we kind of had to dumb it down because at that time in England, uh, if you weren't playing punk, you were you weren't getting no action. <laughs> you know, you you had to be at least a little punky. So even them dumbing it down was still better than most people's best shit. And uh, didn't make my top 20. Uh, okay, so what's your 18? My number 18 comes off the second album. A beautiful album, God in the Blanc. 
and that is The Bed's Too Big Without You. I love, love, love that song. I have a story to say about that song, but go ahead. Uh, not not much to say here other than it's just, it, it's a fantastic track. Uh, I, I love the, oh, you know, shit, you know, Sting does. He would do all this cool vocal shit, and the bass is incredible on the song. I mean, it's, it's so... The sound these guys make. I, I mean, they're they're almost like Cream and Rush. I mean, like what one band can do with three people. Um, it's so sparse and all together at one at the same time. And uh, it's just a fucking amazing track. Uh, now let's hear your story about it. Uh, believe it or not, another another track that didn't make my list. And and this song is kind of special to me because. One thing I remember so vividly, I don't remember what store it was, but I was in a shop, uh, uh, a department store once in Hialeah as a little kid, and this song was playing. Bed's too big without you. Bed's too big without you. And I'm listening to this, I'm like, that's the police, man. And I already owned the first album. This was the first song I heard off Regatta the Block. It wasn't Message oh, in the shit. Bottle. It was this song. And it was brand new. And right there at that same department store, I believe it was a Sears. I went upstairs to the record department. It was there. Turned it around, saw the track was on there. And I bought the album because of that song. And then soon after, I heard Message in the Bottle everywhere. But I'm just saying, that's my story of, of my bed's too big without. And I love that song. It's that these fucking 20 I got. I like <laughs> more, goddammit. And it pisses me off. Oh, dude, dude, you pick you pick songs that I love. That oh, I should, this this is so hard, and this is a list that I think for both of us could change day to day because we're yeah. Such it, the thing is, dude, just like the live album, I really took my time with this, and it was hard because I I had a list like fifty. Oh yeah. Oh, and, oh my! I could even because I, I made my old lady write it down because I could read her handwriting better than mine, and like I went and she's like, "That's twenty already." I was like, "Fuck." No, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, uh, now now I'm gonna go into my 17, and yeah, I don't think there's a soul out there that doesn't know this song. My 17th favorite. And I know this is gonna like really like taint my list now because a lot of people will not agree with this. But my my uh, number 17 is my favorite song about a stalker. That's right. That's my number 17. That's your number 17. Every Breath You Take. I adore this song. I've always loved this song from the first time I heard it to this day. I think the structure, I love the little, that little sound Andy Summers gets on that guitar. I just love it. I think it's the perfect song. Uh, a lot of people think it's a love song, but uh, it's really about a stalker. And I think that's what I like about it too was the, subject matter it's like it sounds like a love song but it's it's demented and that really that really uh i love that i just love that every breath you take is my number 17. nice uh while i love the song i i went a long period where i would skip this just because uh of the overplaying and i don't know if you're aware of this or not no song has been played more on American radio ever than Every Breath You Take. I did not know that. And I know for a while it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No, it beat yesterday. Wow. Uh, 
But I, I've, I've gotten to a point where, you know, you know, there was years. I remember I went through like a five or six year period where I listened to absolutely no Led Zeppelin because it just been killed. And that's that's how I kind of got with this song. It's just like, oh, man, I don't want to hear it again. But uh, but now I, I, I really love the track again. And my favorite part is when it comes back in, you know, he's like, it, it starts getting heavier. He's like, since you're gone, I've been lost without a... Tr-. I, I love that when it starts getting heavy. Yeah. And he's like, keep a crying, baby. You know, I, I love that part. And uh, I thought it was awesome because I was so disappointed when fucking Sting sold his fucking shit to Puff Daddy uh, for that fucking horrible fucking song about... Yeah, P.I.G. You know, it was like, God damn it. You know, it's like Sting and fucking... Uh, and Jimmy Page both sold their soul to this talentless fucking asshole. But what I love is Andy Summers like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's my fucking paycheck? First of all, he didn't like that it was done. And then second of all, he's like, hey, you ain't something. He goes, the whole thing you're sampling is my riff. That's right. Hey, you know, it's his he's, plan. Right. He's, he's like, he's like, you know, you know, Sting wrote this song. That's my riff. You know, Sting didn't write that, you know haunting guitar you know and that's what Andy does best is some real abstract haunting stuff in a lot of these songs and he ended up getting paid for it and I'm glad because unfortunately that piece of shit was a hit and uh, man I really lost a lot of respect for Sting for uh, I, I, I would I would never uh, you know if I was an artist dude I mean I'm, I'm sorry I know people need a paycheck but these motherfuckers Jimmy Page don't need a paycheck Sting don't need that paycheck why would you sample that shit to a piece of shit fucking rap song? Uh, really upset me. But uh, I do love the song. Uh, I can listen to it again now, but it did not make my uh, my top 20. But good pick. Good pick. All right. Uh, what's your 17? All right. My 17 is another B-side. Uh, this was the B-side to Synchronicity 2 in the UK. And that's a haunting song called Once Upon a Daydream. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the, the subject... You want to talk about subject matter? Uh, this is a song about a guy that knocks up a girl and, uh, you know, her dad, you know, kind of a shot... You know, forces a shotgun wedding and he ends up killing the dad. I, I mean, if you listen to this song, it's beautiful, almost like a, like lullaby beautiful. But if you listen to the fucking lyrics, you know, a lot of police shit... The music takes you one way, but if you if you register the fucking lyrics, you're like, holy fuck, <laughs> you know this this ain't beautiful like the music. This is some you know dark shit you're talking about. And once upon a daydream, uh, perfect example. Absolutely love that song. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, it's a great song uh, so far, man. Not nothing you've picked is on my list, but uh, like I said before we started this, a lot of great songs didn't make my list, and man, that's one of the many. Uh, so far, uh, we're, we're, we're different. I, and I like that. Yeah, I, I do too. too. I, I'll be kind of surprised if my 16 didn't make your list up. Because I consider it one of the more, like, uh, when you go see the police live, this is a showstopper when they play it. It's a great fucking song off the first album, So Lonely. Love it. I, I love this song. They have a video for it where they're in a subway. Pretty cool. I don't think, you know, that's another thing. Police videos, you can't see on YouTube. But you can see it on Vivimo, whatever the fuck that's called. 
I don't know about all. I don't know about all of them. There is a. I'm not going to mention. There is a video that I used to watch all the time before there was an MTV. I'm showing my age. I'm 50, and uh, that I love. That's off the second album that you cannot find on YouTube. Was never shown on MTV. What? Yeah, there's a great video from that album that they're like playing around palm trees, Uh, but you could see it. Uh, on Vimo. It's a great video, but I will discuss that because it is my number nine uh, track on my list. But, uh, what is it? So Lonely. Love this song. It's so, it's so police. That one is like very, like everything you love about the police all condensed in one song. Oh yeah, and uh, it's a great, you know, heartbreak, uh, you know, love lost song that, that Sting does so fucking well. I mean, th- this guy does some great tortured love songs uh, still to this day. I mean, not as good as the police shit, but uh, he's just, he's got a knack for that. And this is, I mean, this is like raw police at its best. I and like, love this track. And, and like what you said, and this is what I love so much. One of the many elements I love so much about the police. You have every breath you take. You listen to that and it sounds like a freaking love song. But it's not. It's a song. It's, it's a fucking stalker song. Then you get So Lonely, which is such a depressing song, but the music is fucking happy. Yeah. And, yeah but like, yet, but yet it, 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 it works. They, they do that. They take you one place musically, but another place lyrically, and that's genius. Not all the time, because my next song, after you say yours, does match the lyrics. But go ahead. What's your 16? All right. My number 16 comes off the debut album, Outlandish the More, and that is Hold of My Life. And oh, yeah. uh, oh man, and, you know this. This is a reggae stomper and uh, another heartbroken song. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, you know, but it's it just so awesome. And, you know, I love the little, you know, the reggae part. Then it gets to the chorus. You know, there's something missing in my life. You know, you know, and, and totally takes another vibe, and then it goes right back into it. But uh, oh man, amazing, amazing fucking track. What do you think of Hole in My Life? It would have been 21. So far, man, not one song you've made, but that would have been 21. That was one that I was kind of like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to have to keep this one off. There's there's a few other on the first album that kind of hurt leaving off to, to 20, but I love I love every song off that. Those first two albums, I don't think it has one, not one song I don't like. All of them, I, I love uh, both, uh, but that's a great song. Okay. Go to your 15. My 15 comes off of Zenyatta Mondara. Oh, I love it. That's another great album. This one is, you know, I think it's probably, I mean, it's mellow, but I'm no musician, but I would feel like if I had to pick up guitar, this one would be really hard to play. And that's Driven to Tears. Woo! Love it. That song is so emotional and and it and unlike you know so lonely and every breath it does it's the total package of that vibe of that song and everything is so perfect and precise on it but I feel like it's more you know because that's that is like you know I really love musicianship I mean I love non musicianship too I love the mentors and. And uh, the Ramones and stuff, even though the Ramones is pretty hard to play. But, you know, the mentor, I like simple shit, too. Don't get me wrong. 
But I also like hearing something like Driven to Tears has this vibe. It's mellow, but it sounds difficult, but it it sounds perfect. And Driven to Tears, the dun 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 dun, that little thing that Sting does, and and that complicated type of guitar playing that Andy's doing, and that killer like you know keeping the fucking structure down by by Stewart is just beautifully orchestrated a fucking perfect song that that it's it's a shame it's in my 15 i would put it higher but god damn it these damn songs i like more what do you think of driven to tears oh incredible incredible uh have you seen the new andy summers documentary that just came out no i would like to uh it's called can't stand losing you and uh you know it's his view of the police he wrote a book called Can't Stand Losing You, and this is the accompaniment to it. You know, I want to get the book because he says so much shit was left out of the movie. But uh, just, just amazing, you know, and he, and he talks about this album. And I'm going to get into it later with Zendaya Mandata. But uh, this was actually the first police album that I remember hearing. Uh, I think I was, I was uh, six when this came out. But my dad played this around the house constantly. I, I mean, you know, I, I came from a very musical broken home, <laughs> you know, either my, my dad or my mother, you know, were, were constantly playing music and, uh, you know, just music has always been part of my life. And, and this is an album that I heard constantly as a, as a child and uh, I absolutely love Zenyatta Mandata. Great track off that. Great pick, Ralph. Thank you. All right, uh, what was that? We're on 15, 15 now. Huh? Yeah, 15, yeah. All right. <clears throat> Mine comes off the second album, Regatta de Blanc, and uh, a hilarious song. And this one is sung by Stuart Copeland. I know this one. And it's On Any Other Day. Yes, that's that song rules. <laughs> again, again, another song that didn't make it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but I, I love that song. It's so quirky, but it's awesome. Oh man, and, and he's complaining about uh, his you know, wife. Yeah, yeah, the worst day ever. You know, the dog just bit his leg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his fine young young son has turned out gay. Yeah. You, you know, you slammed his finger in the car door, and he was saying, and it would be okay on any other day. <laughs> like right, everything yeah. bad is happening, but it's a funny song. But again, the music is so like happy and, and, and like jovial. Yeah, <laughs> but then he's just like describing the worst fucking day ever. Uh, amazing track off a fucking amazing album. Uh, well, like, like I said, the first two albums doesn't have one bad song. Oh, awesome! I'll never forget. It's so funny. I have a uh, Regatta de Blanc shirt. It's got the album cover on it, and uh, unfortunately, uh, I've gotten older. I can't fit into it anymore. But I wore it one time to a strip club. And at the time, I, I was much thinner. I had short hair because where I worked, I wasn't allowed to have long hair. Sell out. And, yeah, I know. And my hair, I, I, I like bleached it like bleach, bleach blonde. And the stripper, I'm sitting at the stage, and she comes up, and she points to the shirt. She points at Sting, and she's like, "Is that you?" And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I go. Yeah, yeah. I go. I let myself go, but yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm well, it's hard, it's hard I, to believe. It's hard to believe she turned out to be a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm Sting, you stupid fucking chick. 
Uh, that that same night, it was it was so funny. Uh, I had a buddy with us who was like super fucking rich, and he gave me uh he gave me money to go tell the DJ to play what we wanted to hear because at this point, now all you hear in strip clubs is rap. You know, it used to be rock when I first turned 21. Now it's rap. So I'm listening to all the, all these fucking songs, and uh, you know it's all like you know I mean. Black Sabbath, Faith No More, Kiss, all this weird shit. And I was like, oh, fuck, I better pick a, uh, a song that chicks can dance to. So I picked Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Oh, boy. And when it comes on, we are so drunk. It was the last song, and we're sitting in the back drinking. We're like, oh, fuck it. We run right back up to the front, and this chick is just, like, looking down. You know, she's shuffling her feet. And we're like, uh, you know, what the fuck? How come you ain't dancing? She's like, I don't know this song. I'm like, how do you not know Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood? We're like, how old are you? She's like, 19. And we're like, ooh. All of a sudden felt like dirty old men. You know, we were were in our late 20s, you know, and a teenager's shaking her tits in her face. But, uh, yeah, so that's my my story on that. (laughs) What's your number 14, brother? All right, number 14 is probably their second most popular track after Every Breath You Take. Uh, I already talked about it earlier. The first song I ever heard from the police on the beach, and I still love the fuck out of this song, is Roxanne. Um, Man, what can I say? This song, again, just like uh, So Lonely, has a lot of the elements I love about the police with the little ska-type reggae little riff going on and... You know, what's it about? Is it about a hooker yeah. that he's in love with? You yes, know, but, yes. Uh, but, uh, but then there's some lines on there that, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of having a brain fart now, but I know any other boy or something like that, he says in it. Yeah. I don't know, I've only heard the song a gazillion times, and <laughs> I can't remember now the lyrics. But anyway, <clears throat> I love this song, man. It's just such a great song, uh, held up well. I it, Shit, it made my 14, man out of uh, my top 20 and which means uh, you know I'm not going to be biased like you know certain people that are like oh it's a radio hit therefore I can't like it you know we know people like that which I can't a, a, a good song's a good song no matter what if it's a hit or if it's not a hit that's why my my uh, believe me my number one's a kind of popular one from the police so uh, I, I really don't have like a bias when it comes to then there's some popular police songs that didn't make my list, uh, my top 20. Uh, one very, probably the third most popular police song didn't make my top 20. And it has nothing to do with it being popular or not. I still love it. It's just I like these songs more. Roxanne is my number 14. And I also want to give a little shout out to Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours. <laughs> I love that scene. What's uh? What's so weird? I, and first of all, I, I love this fucking track, and it's a weird example of a song I should be sick of, and I'm not. Yeah. I I never get tired of hearing Roxanne. It always sounds fresh. It always sounds good. And what's funny, you mentioned 48 Hours is for uh, you know coming from a house where my father played the police religiously. My first, for, for whatever reason, I don't remember Roxanne. My first exposure was Eddie Murphy singing at 48 Hours. And until I discovered this song, I just figured he was singing Stevie Wonder or something. I did edit. I would never expect Eddie Murphy singing the fucking police. Right. You know, and then when I heard the song, I was like, oh shit, that's what Eddie Murphy's singing in fucking 48 Hours. 
the best Eddie Murphy movie of all time, by the way. I and, have uh, to agree with you there. And, and quite possibly the best Nick Nolte movie of all time. Okay, so that takes us to year 14. Alright, my 14 is one that you've already mentioned. Now we're starting to now we're starting to copy. Oh, wow. Ourselves. Well, so far, not me. Oh, now we are. Yeah, okay. now we are. Yeah. All right. And it is off the incredible Zenyatta Mandata, and it is Driven to Tears. Yeah. Oh. So amazing. Something I didn't know. I, I, I did know previously, like, they had some reservations about Zenyatta. Uh, they felt it was too rushed. Particularly the song Don't Stand So Close to Me. They hated the version that was on Zenyatta. They much preferred what they did, you know, and it was the last thing they recorded was the 86 version, which I hate. I don't think anybody likes that, dude. I, yeah, I, 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 I did not like that version, but the police themselves thought that's the way it should have come. I, I, I like the way it, it, it was in the beginning, but something I didn't know till I watched the Andy Summers uh, documentary, Can't Stand Losing You, buy it using the Amazon link, um, was they recorded Zenyatta Mandata, and they had a deadline to get it out, and it got mixed and everything. They heard the mix, they heard the recordings, thought it was horrible, and they stayed up for like two days and re-recorded the whole thing at the zero hour. Record every track they re-recorded, and, and and to to get it to their liking, they're still not satisfied with it. I think Zenyatta is their last perfect album. Uh. To me, the first three are absolutely perfect. I, I love 90% of Ghost in the Machine, and I would say probably about 60% of Synchronicity. But uh, but Driven to Tear, I mean, I mean, you're so you're so right on the money about the fucking bass line and everything. And uh, uh, so I don't know if you saw this; it was online, and like I kind of wanted to hate it, but at the same time, it was pretty cool. Sting did a solo show. And he brought out uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah, came out and, yeah. sang, and, and sang "Driven to Tears," and he's like in a tux and That's everything. That's right, and, I, I did see. And that. he 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 actually did a yes. very good job, and you could tell that he knew the song, he loved the song. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. He's a very big uh, uh, music fan. He, he's really into music, and he he worships the Police and like Steely Dan are two of his favorite bands of all time. And um, and uh, he, he he nailed it, dude. It was it was pretty fucking cool. Uh, the only thing I would say that was lacking was the the backing band. Just isn't the police. It was too like kind of perfect and jazzy. But uh, but I gotta say, Robert Downey Jr. did a good song, a uh, good job. But Driven to Tears is a like you say, it, it, it's it's a ballad, but it's not. And it it's a very uh, it's a very sad song. I mean, I mean, it backs up the title. Uh, it just sings about bad shit in the world, and, and, it, and, and it, it captures it with the mood of the music too. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah, the dun dun. You know, you you nailed it with the bass. You know, <laughs> I mean, Stink can play some fucking bass, man. But everybody, okay, they're they're on all cylinders on that. Everybody track. in that band song. can be so tasty. Oh yeah, you know? great song. My number 14 and our first uh, double up on the countdown. All right, my number 13. Now I'm going to go back to how I was when I started this. A sporadic, crazy song, but it's not a B-side. Uh, my number 13 uh, is off the second album. It's uh, No Time This Time. Uh, sporadic, crazy. I love this song. Always love this song. 
Uh, kind of shocked Anthrax covered it. They did a good version of it, I gotta say. Uh, with, I think it's Frank Bellow sings it. Yes. And yes. Uh, they also ca- covered another another police song that's also on my list coming up uh, with Frank Bellow singing it. Uh, yeah. I love it. No Time This Time is, again, it's kind of like their punky song. But this one is unlike uh, my first three that I picked. Uh, it's um, it's not a B-side. It's actually an album track. And I love it. Great fucking song. I, I, looking over my list, I think the second album dominates my list. Uh, yeah. The, the funny thing is, I was looking like, normally I consider the second album my favorite. But uh, I think there's more off the first album, which is weird. But uh, an incredible song. And this is one didn't make my list. And I started changing shit, and I was erasing shit. Like I had, uh, originally I had uh, Secret Journey on here. I had Darkness. And, you know, and I started changing shit. I was like, fuck, okay, I got to leave it alone. I just got to number this shit. And this is another one I wanted to pick. And the Anthrax cover, I think is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the best covers. Like, sometimes I want the song to be changed, and sometimes I want it just the way it is. You listen to the fucking Anthrax cover of this? Holy fucking shit, dude. He sounds like fucking Sting. And and, and, and I gotta mention, I worship Frank Bella. I, I think he is so underrated as a bass player. I think he's phenomenal. And right there with uh, Cliff Burton. Seriously, I think Frank Bella is phenomenal. And, and, and not in so under and an amazing amazing uh, stage presence and he uh, oh yeah I think oh inter- the energy oh Frank by Bell. far the coolest amazing. guy in the band well him and Joey you know oh dude when, when he left fucking Anthrax and they got uh, you know nothing against uh, what's his name Joey Vera yeah but from uh, Armored right. Saint you ain't Frank Bellow sorry brother sorry but anyway uh, uh, an amazing song that that it hurt not to make my list. But uh, I'm so glad you picked it. And I had a feeling you were going to pick some shit that I didn't. And I'm so glad you did. All right, what's your 13? All right, my 13 comes off the debut album, Outlandish the More. And that is So Lonely. Oh, okay. I love this. I, I love this fucking track. Uh, another, 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 another heartbreak song. But, uh... It, 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 you know, it's, it's got a punky uh, feel to it. It's, it you know, uh, it, it sounds like it's written, it comes off a debut album because it sounds young. And it sounds like a song written about young love and, uh, you know, gone bad. Uh, absolutely love the track. What do you think? Yeah, I already picked it. I already talked about it. Uh, oh, you did like, so long? You know, okay. I'm yeah, sorry. so long was my 16th. Okay, so uh, that leaves me with, uh, what, uh, 12, which again is off the second album. Oh boy, I love this one. This one is just pure vibe and awesomeness and a shouter. And it's the title track off the second album, Regatta de Blanc. Uh, I just love it musically the most. It's uh, beautiful, kind of like, you know, uplifting. And uh, Pure Police, man. Regatta de Blanc, title track. That's my number 12. Absolutely love it. Did not make my list, but, uh, you know, fuck. You know, it, it could all change tomorrow. Uh, that's a uh, good pick. All right, what's your 12? All right, my number 12 is a B-side. 
And uh, this was the B-side to Walking on the Moon. And I believe this is another one that was covered by Anthrax. I could be wrong, but that is Visions of the Night. No, but they didn't cover that. Uh, Visions of the Night is fucking amazing. And that that is a fast fucking... I mean, punky fucking rocking. Uh, I don't know how this didn't make it on the fucking album. I guess, you know, back then you, everybody had to think about... You know what you could fit on two sides of vinyl, and uh, and this just didn't make the cut. But an amazing song, and another reason why you need to get "Message in a Box" is to have a classic track like this. What do you think of "Visions of the Night"? Love it. Didn't make my list, but love it. Yes, it is a hard rocker one, and uh, I love it. I think it's a great fucking song. Not much more to say. It's a song I discovered from "Message in a Box." Uh, and, you know, basically all, almost every B-side I love on this thing. Uh, except the live version of Man in Suitcase. I wasn't too crazy about that one. Alright, so my number 11 is the A-side to your B-side of Vision of the Night. My number 11 is Walking on the Moon. Uh, well, this song just reminds me so much of school. When I was in school. Like junior high or high school or elementary no, I was more junior high. Uh, it's just such a cool tune. I hope my legs don't break. It's total reggae, but without the accent, the Jamaican accent. Oh, no. But it's got, it's got the vibe. It's got the, you know, the, the lyric, the, the structure of the lyric, the melody. It's just a beautiful song. It's like, hey, look, we're, we're influenced by this shit, and we put our and. It's like they take reggae and they do their own little spin on it. And it's beautiful. It's beautifully written. And I understand this is a prime example why a lot of bands back then would turn their head and go, who the fuck is this band? This is great. It's very original, but yet you hear influences in it. Walking on the Moon is another great example why this band deserved to play stadiums. That's my level of... Uh... And a, a timeless classic. I, I mean, I don't know what more I can say about it. You kind of hit it on the head. Uh, it's pre- I can never think of any police list without this song being on it. Because it, it is. I mean, it's a perfect fucking song. Perfect. There's no, not one fucking note should be changed. It's an absolute classic, and it's a great pick. All right. Uh, what's your number 10? Uh, I love it. Oh, no. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. Uh, my number 11 comes off again the debut album Outlandish to More buy it on our Amazon link and that is Next to You uh, man fast paced rocker uh, he wants to fuck this chick real bad and it comes across lyrically and musically uh, just a, a kick ass fucking rocker uh, and, and definitely shows the punkier side of the police Absolutely love it. I, I love the whole vibe of that first album. What do you think, bro? Fucking awesome song. What kicks off the first album hits you in the face. Do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and punch it up. A live version that they do on the Old Whistle Whiskey Test, whatever the fuck the name of that show is. Ripping version, you can see. Next to you is uh, definitely on my list. Where on my list? Well, you'll find out soon. But it's like, it had to make my list. I love the fuck out of it. Uh, well, one, one thing uh, I wanted to add to that when you brought up the old gray whistle test. Uh, something I learned in the uh, the Andy Summers documentary 
I can't remember if it's this song, but there's a song they do on there where Sting's wearing uh, uh, sunglasses. And the reason was that I can't remember if they said he got hairspray in his eyes or like a like a hairspray can blew up in his face or some shit. And it burnt it burned the fuck out of his eyes while they're performing. I mean he looks so weird, it's like uh he's wearing Bono glasses before Bono had them. You know, those big like fly glasses. And uh, and it was right. because of some freak accident. I don't know if it's that song or not. I just wanna bring that up. I can't recall if he was wearing sunglasses on that, but and another thing, this is another song that Anthrax covered with Frankie oh, okay. and vocals. Uh, next to you. Uh, okay, so now we're going into the top ten. Yeah, here we go. The platters uh, that matter. That's right. And I'm going to kick off my top ten off something off the first album. Uh, oh, I love this one. Again, it's a, it's a nice rocker, fast, and I just love the, the constant vocals. I just love it. It's all right for you. Great. Is my number ten. I love this fucking song. It's one of my favorites. It's in my top ten, and uh, I just love it. I love the the what what really sells this song for me is the vocal structure. I just love that shit. That I actually uh, kind of wrote something similar to that. That hasn't. I haven't really brought it to the band yet, but. I didn't even realize I ripped off this song till after the fact. I was like, oh shit, this sounds like it's all right for you. When I was doing this top 10 list, I was like, oh shit, this song I wrote sounds like it's all right for you. Song called Combat Zone, by the way. All right, so what do you think of It's All Right For You? Oh, I, I fucking absolutely love this song. Another one didn't make my list, but you mentioned, I was like, oh fuck, how is that not on there? But I, I, I totally know what you're saying about writing a song too, and you, you think it came up... Man, I remember writing a song on guitar. I thought I came up with the coolest riff, riff ever. And then I was like, oh shit, that, that, that's a Stooges song. You know, fuck, I didn't write this. But, uh, oh my god, a, a great fucking... It's alright for you and you and you and you and you and you. Oh man, amazing track. Awesome. Great pick, Ralph. Great pick. Alright, what's your number 10? Alright, my number 10 comes off of uh, the second album, Regatta de Blanc. And to me, it's the most uh, Beatles-like song they ever did. And it's called Does Everyone Stare? I absolutely... Oh, oh yeah. man, do I love this song. Uh, you know, kind of like another almost stalkerish song. And definitely a headphone song. There's all kinds of shit going on in the background. And, and there's piano on it and everything. And uh, I, I, I think... There's vocals by both Sting and Stuart Copeland on this. <laughs> Stuart Copeland wrote the lyrics, I believe. Uh, just an amazing track, and it's a deep cut. And uh, and that's what I love. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love all the hits. I love all the hits. But uh, you know, I'm all about the. I'm a deep cut kind of guy, and this is definitely a deep cut. I love it. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, like I said, man, there's not a bad song off that album. I love it. Didn't make my list, but uh, every song that's on this album that didn't make my list is fucking awesome. I love it. Now, speaking of that album, again, since I said it dominates my my list, uh, the next song is the one I was talking about earlier that they made a video for that you cannot see on YouTube, but you can see it on Vimo. Well, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. 
Uh, I love this video. This video, that you, there used to be a show on cable, because I had cable before MTV. And uh, there used to be a show called Video Jukebox. That was on HBO. Well, HBO probably had a uh, show called Video Jukebox. This uh, wasn't okay. on HBO. So this this show, and, and they would show the same fucking videos. Sounds like already. HBO. <laughs> you know, it would be Sticks, Borrowed Time by Sticks, and uh, oh, um, Iggy Iggy Pop, uh, I'm bored. You know, oh, I love song? it. I, I'm a huge Iggy Pop fan. I got everything. Yeah, he, the, that video and, is always shit. And, and this Joe one. Jackson stepping out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that was on there. Uh, but this one is Bring on the Night. Oh, uh, they, it's it's a it's a, such a cool video too. You gotta see this video. It's like them just playing under palm trees in the Bahamas or something. And I just love this song. I love that little effect the guitar has. It's got this like mood of like midnight. You know, it's got, it really does capture a night feel. And it's kind of mellow in a way, but not mellow with the vocal structure. Uh, Bring on the Night is definitely had to be in my top 10. Uh, what do you think of that song? Great track, great track, great pick, great album. All right. So, what's your nine? What's your what's my your nine? number nine? Is off of Regatta de Blanc as well, and it is the amazing message in a bottle. Oh my God, do I love this song! And uh, I'd also like to point out, and I know you fucking hate this band, and even people who like this band hate this album. But Machine Head, I think, does an incredible cover of this song on uh, the Burning Red. Uh, but man, it. <laughs> it, it, it's all about the police and uh, just an amazing fucking track a lot of times this was I think this was the opener on the uh, reunion tour which is probably one of the greatest regrets of my life that I, I missed it I was in the middle of, of, of leaving Florida and moving to New Orleans and ended up missing both the New Orleans show and the Florida show and uh Probably the greatest regret because they're not going to fucking tour again. It's pretty obvious. And uh, and I'll never get to hear this, and that makes me sad. Um, but I absolutely love Message in a Bottle. A perfect fucking song. It is a more popular song, but I don't give a fuck. It's popular for a reason. Because it fucking rules. I love this fucking track. What do you think, Rob? Hell yeah, man. This song... Again, a video you can't see on YouTube, but go to Vimo, you can see the video. I love this video too. They're in the studio, and they're outside. Um, they're in subways. I mean, Message in the Bottle is fucking perfect. And and you, you see them play this shit live, it's like, wow, man, can Andy Summers stretch those fingers? Because it looks like a real hard thing to play, you know? Like his fingers are so stretched and shit, but it's so perfect. It is a perfect, I one of their perfect songs. Definitely in my list as well. Uh, uh, I I love I love Message. Well, one about. thing I want to ask you about is you keep saying about videos being on Vimo, but I see all these Vimo videos on YouTube. I know it's weird, but you don't see this video. I know there's like okay, I'll look, I'll look, I'll look. The best way to find this video, if you don't know how to get on Vimo, go go on Google and type in. Um, the police bring on the night and you'll see the link right there with a little like a uh, screenshot okay. for bring on the night the police on the female well, or maybe it's daily motion i don't know uh, 
Maybe I'm having a brain fart. But anyway, okay, so that takes us to, uh, what number, number was that? Yeah. Number eight. Now I'm yes. on straight, right? All right, number eight, uh, it's off the uh, first album. Uh, another one that's hard rocking. I love this song too. Uh, kind of a deep cut. Truth hits every. Love it. This song is so. It's it, it's again. It's like a rocker. It's like you know them trying to. You know they just different shades, man. And I and I'm a big fan of the the rockier police songs. And this one has everything I love about what they do when they rock. Truth hits everybody. Truth hits everyone. Oh. <laughs> I love that shit. Fucking beautiful song. I love it. Truth hits everybody. Like oh, oh, it's incredible. This, this is one I'm very sad. Wasn't on my list. It's another one I was about ready to scrape another one off and put this one on. Uh, but man, coming up with 20, like I said, it, it'd, be, it'd be easier for me to pick out three songs I don't like than 20 of the best police songs. And this is a prime example. Didn't make my list, but uh, I, I cherish this song. I cherish almost their whole fucking catalog. It, it, it's incredible, and uh, you, you summed it up great. It's an amazing song. All right, go on to your number eight. All right. Uh, I'm getting a little drunk here, so I don't know if you picked this one already. If you will, I'll make it short. Uh, Walking on the Moon? Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, that's my number eight. Yeah, and you talked yeah. a lot about it. But no, go ahead. No, it's my number eight, and I love it. All right, cool. All right, so then my number uh, seven. Oh, man, you know, this one I'm surprised not higher, but goddamn, the songs I picked over it are so great. This is like one of my favorite police songs ever. Man in a... Love it! I just love... I love the fuck out of the song. I love the... I think it's it's a studio song because the live version I heard, I really thought it ruined it. I just love uh, the, the, just everything about the studio recording of this song. Definitely a studio track, not a good live one. Uh, man in a suitcase. Must that be a man in a suitcase? It's it's poppy. It's fun. It's happy, but it's awesome. And it, I guess it's about him, you know, the traveling band, you know, a song and dance man type thing. But uh, it's a beautiful, happy, but uplifting and cheerful song that makes me happy. I love Man in a Suitcase. Uh, uh, great one. Great one off of Zenyatta Mandata. Like I said, that album is so special to me because it's my first memory of the police. And uh, so I'm going to take a little sidetrack here. But fuck it, we're the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We can do that. Um, well, I'm speaking about Zenyatta Mandata. Uh, there's an instrumental on there called Behind My Camel. Uh, yeah. And uh, Primus did a great cover of it. This was a song that Sting hated so much and wanted nothing to do with. When they recorded it, he took the, you know, because they recorded on the reel to reel back then and everything, he took the masters and went and buried them in the ground behind the studio. <laughs> yes, really? he was so pissed. He hated it because I think, I think initially Andy wanted him to sing over it and he just hated everything about it. So he took the Masters, he buried it in the ground, and Andy went and dug it up and said, no, fuck you, it's going on the album. They ended up winning a Grammy that year for Best Instrumental for that song. And and that's I could be wrong, but I think that's the only Grammy they actually won. And they might have won something off of Synchronicity, but I think that... I, I do know they definitely won Best Instrumental for Behind the Camel. You know, 
I could be wrong, but I think every breath you take won the best song. That you well, know, that could have been, you know, back then, if you remember back, you know, when we grew up in the 80s, you had the American Music Awards, you know. You, you, yeah, that, yeah. Was that, was, that was actually a real good award show because that was by Yes, the that, that, that was definitely more uh, in touch than the Grammys are because yeah. the Grammys are like all people in their 80s. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the Grammys are clueless. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like God, the Jethro yeah. Tull thing, and I and I kind of like I'm kind of a little sympathetic for the Grammys because it's like I kind of feel like the Grammys is like, oh, leave them alone. Yeah. They're you know they're, they're you know they're they got Down yeah, syndrome. It's, just, you know, it's like it's your grandparents for, picking out shit. You know, like yeah. like Motorhead got a Grammy for uh, covering Metallica. And. Metallica won a Grammy the following year for Stone Cold and, Crazy. Not even a, a And then Judas song. Priest got a fucking Grammy for a song off of uh, what was it? Descendant Aggressor. An amazing song, but off uh, a live album that's very forgettable. And yeah. it's like, dude, you should have it for Sin right. After Sin. That version. You know? But hey, you know, okay, you know. Look, look, just wheel them back and give them some soft <laughs> Now, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I take yeah, more personal. Yeah. Fuck them. I mean, I don't really, you know, here's the thing to sidetrack too. We are the Rock and Metal That's Combat right. Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Preach out, I'm going to piss. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, right, I'm going to go into my little spiel about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like I have in the past, but this one will be a little tad different. I'm not really going to go, I mean, I've done, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Okay, so some of you not missed. It's not so much that I hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I more hate the people that care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like if you had like a neighbor that punched your mom in the face 20 times, broke her nose, of course you're going to go kick that neighbor's ass. But after that, are you really going to care what the neighbor's opinion is? He beat up your mom. So why the fuck would you care about this guy that beat up your mom? That's my opinion. So to everybody out there that cares about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you are no different than a guy that would care about what somebody feels that beat up your mom. Thank you. You know, Ian's back from his pee break. And what, what, what's... Okay, let's let's get back into the Rock and Roll... Uh, rock and Metal Combat Podcast. <laughs> All right. What song, song are we in? And who's to... Oh, I Yeah, it should right? be my number... Yeah, my seven. number seven. Uh, and it will speed things up because my number seven is Roxanne. We already talked about it. Love the song. Okay, mine. My number six is. Uh, I'm a little confused on okay. this one. I, I I don't know if it was on synchronicity. Some people say talk it wasn't. to me. I know some what you're people, talking about. Some people say it is. Some people say it isn't. I know what you're talking about. To, to me, I, like we said earlier, I'm not a big fan of synchronicity, but this one made it all the way to number six. I love this song. It's called Murder by Incredible. Numbers. What's what, what is uh, okay, it? Okay, okay. I know it was in a movie. I, I know originally that. it was not on the vinyl. It was okay. the B side of Every Breath You Take. But oh, but okay. when the album was issued on CD, and I could be wrong here, but I think on the cassette version, it was included. But it was recorded during the synchronicity sessions. Uh, like I said, originally the B-side to Every Breath You Take, and has always been on the CD version. And uh, 
one of the greatest police songs of all time. This song, Murder by Numbers, I do vividly remember hearing this shit in the radio back then, during that time. And I was like, I always, I was like, dude, I mean, they didn't play it too much, but they played it enough that I remembered it on the radio. And I always thought it was such a cool, like, almost like a lounge type song. You know, like a lounge singer doing it. It's, but it's also got like that little jazz thing. And it's just dripping with Fonzie-like cool. I agree. Murder for numbers. Number six. Um, and, and this was a, a funny side note about this song. Uh, you know, you remember the whole issue with like the PMRC and all that shit, you know, in the mid 80s. This is one, uh, the Reverend Jimmy Swaggart came out about this song and, and said it was horrible and what are kids listening to, you know. And the song is about murder, you know. The guy's like, you know, fuck, you can kill somebody so easy if they're really fucking bothering you. And uh, there is an amazing version of this on the Frank Zappa album. It's not the best Frank Zappa album. It's a live album called Broadway the Hard Way. But uh, Zappa met Sting in, in, in a fucking hotel lobby. And, and Zappa's like, hey, I'm playing tonight. You want to come out and play a song with us? He's like, yeah, can we do Murder by Numbers? He had the band learn the song that day. And Sting came out on stage with Frank Zappa and did this song. And he goes off on a little rant about, you know, fuck Jimmy Swagger. You know, you you know, he's like, he said this song was written by the devil. This song was written by Lucifer. He goes, fuck him. I wrote the fucking song. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a great version. You know, because Zappa, of course, had a huge band. So it's a more, you know, bigger sounding version. But it's amazing. Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs. Is it coming up on my list? Tune in, kids. Because it, it may better. be. It may be, but a great pick, Ralph. Absolutely awesome. What's your number six? All right. My number six is off of Zenyatta Mandata. And probably my favorite song off that album. And it's When the World is Running Down. Oh, yeah. Great song. Didn't make my list, oh, but I love that song. Wow. I'm surprised. When the world is running you down. You make the best of what's still around. Um, I love uh, a great track. Uh, man, the bass on this, the drumming, uh, you know, the guitar, everything hits on all fucking cylinders. An amazing song, but especially the bass to me really stands out on this. And uh, and Sting's lyrics, you know, just basically, he's kind of talking about like watching TV and it's like all garbage, and uh, you know, just. Fuck it, you know, let, let, let's just make the best of this stupid fucking world we're in. And uh, it's an incredible track. It's my number six. I absolutely love it. What do you think, Ralph? All right. Uh, yeah. No, I already told you. I love this fucking song. Um, great. Should have been my top 20, but God damn it. I like Low Life more. <laughs> that's my 20. So there, so there you go. All right, my number Yeah, five. here we go, the top five. The top five. I'm going to breeze through this one. Message in a Bottle. I already talked about it because you picked it earlier. Uh, great song, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's in my top five. What's your five? My five is the closing track of the debut album, Outlandish No More. And this is, I believe, the only one they didn't play live. This is Masako Tenga. And, and oh my god do I love this song 
and I don't even know what he's saying in this song. I don't know if it's like uh, like speaking in tongues or it's a foreign language, but this song is like so funky and so ska and so I don't know what the fuck it is, but I cannot hear this song without shaking my ass and bobbing my head. And countless times, this is something, you, you know, you've been in my car, I put the fucking top down on the fucking Camaro, and I crank that shit. And this is a song, man, I just fucking driving around, cranking this shit, you know, wish, I, I, I don't drive drunk or high, by the way, but if I did, I would love to do it to this fucking song. I'd be all over the road, but I'd be having a goddamn good time. This is an amazing track quintessential, I know I love that word, but it's quintessential police. Uh, nobody could have done this song except for the police. And I love it. My number five, Masako Tanga. What do you think, Ralph? I, I love this song. I'm pretty shocked that it's so high. You know, it didn't make my list, but I do love the song. Um, I'm pretty shocked that it made your list so high and you don't recognize the language he's speaking. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Was it Klingon? No, it's D's Nuts. Now, that makes Ralph <laughs> number seven. I am number seven. I have seven points on the D's Nuts uh, fight, and Ian's at number two. So it's now seven to two. Those who are keeping I'm a late score. bloomer. All right, so my number four, I'm going to breeze through this, is next to you. We talked about it already. So what is your number four? Uh, <laughs> oh, this is funny. I was waiting for this shit. Uh, my number four is a song that you express dislike for. Yes. Really? And that is wrapped around your finger. That is so funny. I, I absolutely so love this fucking song. Uh, one of the synchronicity tracks I'm not sick of. And, uh, I just always, like, like I can never hear this without thinking of the video, you know, and all the candles lit up and, and Sting yeah, dancing around yeah. And, and I, I love the song where it's uh, for the first uh, the first two verses in chorus, he's talking about being wrapped around this bitch's finger, like she's got him, and uh, and and then then I love the change up after the solo, where it, it changes tempo when the drums kick in, bam, and it, and it it speeds up tempo, and at the end of the song he's like, no bitch, you're wrapped around my finger. Totally changes the chorus for the third chorus. You, you know, it's not I'm wrapped around your finger. It's like, bitch, you are wrapped around my finger. Uh, just a couple weeks ago at work, I this song came on my on my phone, and I hit repeat like fucking five times. I just could not get enough of this song. Absolutely perfect to me. Uh, I'm, I'm sad and you don't like it, but it's okay because I enjoy it. And I enjoy the fuck out of it. I understand why you don't like it, because you hate women. My number three... Just your mother. Is, uh... Yeah, my number three is a very haunting. Probably the most haunting song. And I love everything about this song. That's why it's at my number three. Only two are above this one. My favorite line in the song... They will kill me for a cigarette... But I don't even want to die just yeah. yet. Invisible Sun is amazing. That's that video, which I'm I'm almost 100 percent sure is also not on YouTube, but you can see it on Daily Motion. I have, seen, I have seen it. I have too. seen it. 
Yeah, yeah, it was an MTV staple back in the day. He used to show it a lot on MTV. It's, you know, it shows footage of poor countries and people suffering. And that's what this song's about, like the the injustices of the world. And, you know, where Sting does touch upon it, even in his solo career with Russia, or Mother Russia, whatever the fuck he called it, um, or Russians. Anyway, so Invisible Sun, it's, it's, it's a dark, depressing fucking song, but it really, it hits a nerve with me, man. I've always loved this song. Even back in the day, it's what made me buy Sinyana. Ghost no, the Machine. Um, Ghost yeah. the Machine. It made me buy that album, this song alone. And I love Ghost again, uh, Ghost the Machine, even though it's hardly on here. I think that's the only song on there. Yeah, I think that's the only song I have on my list from that album. But there's no wait. Yeah, no, there's still a lot. I love everything she does. Is my, it didn't I, make my list. I, I love fucking that. love that song, and it did not make my list. Yeah, I love that song. I love uh, uh, Demolition Spirits Man. Spirits of the Material World. Spirits of the Material World is awesome. Didn't make, didn't my make list. mine either. Anyway, so uh, that's my number three. What's your number? Uh, well, I would like I would like to uh, expand on your pick. Uh, oh, that's this right. This is a song. Initially, this was on uh, the first Police Greatest Hits album, The Singles. It was the one that had Every Breath You Take, 86 and shit. And this was the one song, I'm like, why is this on the fucking album? I don't like this fucking song. Uh, as time goes by, I've changed my opinion to an extent. I, I like it more uh, than I did, that's for sure. It's still not one of my favorites, though. But an interesting fact, this song was banned in, in the BBC. Uh, you can, yeah, you wow. can play this on the BBC. Uh, I believe it had to do with I think some shit about Ireland and some shit about Beirut too, and they just considered it too uh, political, too subversive, kind of like it's gonna cause riots. Right. So the BBC banned it. Um, it definitely didn't make my list, but I do like the song better now uh, than I used to. But. Uh, Ghost of the Machine has to be like their Oh, it is. Album. It's a very dark album. Even though, you know, everything she loves is mad and so happy. And, but the rest of that album is pretty Oh, yeah. Dark. Songs like Darkness and Secret Journey. And I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I oh, love I the song that's in French. And I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, hungry for so. you. I can't. Yeah. Hungry it. for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't make my list. Okay. My number three. Uh, we already mentioned, so we'll breeze through it. Uh, was murdered by numbers. So. All right, cool. What's uh, all right? My number two. Um, oh boy, man! If it weren't for my number one, this would be my favorite favorite police song. It's quirky. It's fast. I love this song so much. Canary in a coal mine. Love it. That song is so fucking catchy. Uh, Canary in a coal mine. Uh, great pick off of Zenyatta Mandata. Uh, did not make my top 20, but uh, I absolutely love this song, and uh, I'm surprised it's this high yeah. on the list. It wouldn't be number one. But, uh, I'm telling you, it's like, if it wasn't for this one song that tops my list, it'd be my favorite song, my favorite police song. It's, I would even I'd go as far to say it's tied for number one, but I couldn't do that, so I flipped the coin, and this one, you know ended up on two but it's as good as my number one it is my favorite police song along with another one uh 
Amazing pick. Amazing pick. And uh, I'm very curious. God, you got me so curious about your number one. I'm wondering if it's my number two. Oh. Uh, you, 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 you don't have to tell me. Or right, like, you Because your number one is something I already picked. I ain't saying All shit. All right, okay. But uh, <laughs> my number two comes off the debut oh, album. So does my number one. <laughs> Outlandis Damore. Oh. And my number two greatest police song as of this minute is Can't Stand Losing oh, okay. You. I absolutely love this fucking song. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a suicide song. You know, a guy, you know, he's going to kill himself over this fucking chick. And, uh, you know, I love it. Uh, you know, your brother's going to kill me and he's six feet ten. Uh, you know, got all my LP records and they are scratched. <laughs> I mean, I love that shit. An amazing track off one of the best debuts ever, Outlandish the more. Uh, can't stand losing you. My number two. I fucking love it. All right. Well, my number one. My drum roll. My number one has this killer line in it. It says, "You'll be sorry when I'm dead. <laughs> all your guilt will be on your will be on your head. head. You call it suicide, but I'm." T- but I'm too full to swallow my pride. Swallow my pride. Yes, definitely my all-time favorite police song along with Canary in a Coal Mine. Yes, you picked it. You got it right. Your number two is my number one. In other words, in other words mine is piss and yours is shit. Hello. You're number two, I'm number one. All right, can't stand losing you. <laughs> Tops, my all-time favorite police song, and it has been that way. And I think... The reason why it's number one because it's been my favorite police song longer than it has been in that Canary in a Coal Mine. Because Canary Coal Mine came out later. Can't Stand Losing You, I love since day one. I have always thought that song like really, really hit a nerve, even though I'm anti-suicide and never once ever thought about killing myself. But for some weird reason, it, it just, everything about this song, I love. And they made a video for it too. Uh, all right, so now we go to Ian's number one drum roll. All right, all right, here we go. Uh, once again, uh, an incredible pick. I mean, these two were neck and neck, my number one and number two, just like with you. Uh, can't stand losing you. In a crowd. I can't wait. I mean, as much as I don't want this episode to end, I want it to so I can listen to the police. Yeah. But uh, my number one is one you already mentioned. And uh, I want to go into it now. And that's Bring On The Night. Oh, there you go. Is, Did you ever see the video? By the way. No. Oh, you got you to do no. yourself a favor. Uh, the guitar playing on this song. Yes. The Flamenco Guitar by Andy Summers. Holy fucking shit. I mean, you really want to hear some amazing guitar. Listen to what Andy Summers does on this song. Incredible, and the feeling this evokes. Like anytime I hear this song, I can't wait for the night. I, I mean, it, it works out perfect. Like all I think about is like, you know, where's the party? What am I gonna do? You know, what's the adventure that the night holds in store? Uh, it one of my favorite favorite songs of all time. Not just by the Police, but by any band. 
is is bring on the night off the incredible regatta. All right, cool. Your your favorite song is a deep track. That's cool. And it yeah, made my uh, list. And it made my list. It, you know, and, and what's funny is there's so many other songs that we both love and appreciate that make our list. Even the popular, like I love do 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 da da da. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really the material. On that one. I don't hate it, but uh, it's like, whatever. Well, yeah, like spirits of the material world. Everything she does is magic. All great songs. They didn't make our top twenty, but you know this is something we could do a year from now and and would probably change a little bit. All right. Well, that is our top twenty police songs. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We know you did. And now we got to go to pick of the week. And Ralph, you got a pick I of sure the week? I sure don't. All right. Well, I'm going to go into my pick of the week. And I guarantee you, Ralph is going to hate this fucking album. Uh, but I love it. To me, it's the, uh, the last masterpiece they did. And it is the Red Hot Chili Peppers 1995 album, One Hot Minute. The only studio album they did with Dave Navarro. And, uh, man, I love his work in Jane's Addiction. I love what he did on this album. And, unfortunately, for a guy with as much talent, uh, he hasn't done shit since. But I, I think this is a very underrated album. I love the heavier edge that he brought. And, uh, you know, if you haven't heard it in a while or if you've never checked it out, check out the Red Hot Chili Peppers. One hot minute. It's my pick of the week. All right. I really don't have much to say about that. I do. Isn't that the one that goes, that song, Aeroplane or something like that? Yep. Aeroplane. Isn't that the video where they made out, like he made out with with, with Flea or something? No, no, no. Uh, that's uh, War. Yeah, but that's the same album. Right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. My pick of the week is the second album by Leonard Skinner, Second Helpings, uh, which is probably my favorite Leonard Skinner album. But it kicks off with one of the most, the song I'm beyond sick of. I cannot stand Sweet Home Alabama, I'm sorry. Oh, I hate it. I can't it. stand I that it. song, man. And I love Leonard Skinner so much. But that's what kicks off this album. After we're done with that, man, songs like The Ballad of Curtis. Love. Oh, oh, oh my God, Curtis the, love. the Needle and the Spoon. Call the Breeze. Yeah. That I need you. That that whole album, other than that first song, it's it's flawless. It's to me everything I love about Leonard Skinner. Uh, so that's my pick of the awesome. week. Uh, second album from Skinner. Awesome, great pick. And here's a special treat. For once, I'm not picking fan of the week, but the good doctor. That's is. right. And he is actually a personal friend of mine. Which, uh, like a, I think it was like a month or so ago, he told me he listens to every episode. I didn't know all this time. So my fan of the week is a good friend of mine, the man responsible for the Thrasher Die puppet video. You want to see something hilarious, type in Thrasher Die, wake up and smell a thrash. And he, you know, he had people in Chicago make puppets that look like us. And the puppets are just killing everybody. It's like the most bizarre, but it's so well made. And there's also album covers brought to life, like Holy Divers in it. But my fan of the week, the, our fan of the week, is my, my friend, Dan Jackson, or Daniel Jackson. Hello! He's a great guy, he listens every week, and uh, he's doing a new project called Metal City. Uh, oh, fuck, he's going to kill me. Anyway, I star in it, and... Uh, He's been plugging it. I, I told him to plug it on the uh, Rock and Metal Combat. He's part of the page, but he's not on enough. But he does post now and then. 
and uh, he's fan of the week, Daniel Jackson. Thanks, Dan, for all the help. All right. Oh, yeah. Dan rules. Awesome. All right. Well, now the shit we got to do, we got to think that MetalStation.com airs us twice a week. We're on Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're also on the Indie Authority at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please come on the, the, the Podbean page because there's links to everything that you need. Like the YouTube page, the amazing YouTube page. Uh, links to Ralph's pages, the Thrasher Die page, the Combat page. Uh, links to both the radio stations we're on. Most importantly, our Amazon link. I want to thank the friends of our podcast that support us every week. Decibel Geek Podcast. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Uh, uh, Mars Attacks. Podcast. Uh, Podcast, yeah, the Kiss Room. Uh, Kiss Science Theater. Metal Messiah Radio with Jet. There you go. Uh, and also, as always, if you're a new listener, check out the past episodes. There is tons, there's hours. I mean, quit your job and listen to us, like nonstop. That's payment enough, people. That's payment enough. This shit's free. You owe us. So check them out, man, because this shit's awesome. But uh, also, I also want to plug Barbarian Rage. That's another podcast that's really funny and really cool, and they've had me on several times. Barbarian Rage. All right, man. So uh, since we want to keep this all police, let's finish the show with a block of police songs. Some that made the list, some that didn't make the list. I think I want to do like a good little cop, a little like uh, a, a wide scope of the police where you hear. I don't want any of these songs to sound alike. What do you say, Ian? You are so wise, great one. All right. So we're going to play a block and then we'll be back to say goodbyes.
classical supervisor who cried at the bars. Still willing, the 
Well, we hope we turned some people on to some police. Uh, you know, maybe made some new fans or made people go back and listen to them again. 
Uh, but if you think this shit was awesome, holy fuck, next week we have a returning guest in the studios. Sportscast legend Marv Albert comes back. Hey. Yes! No. Yes! Crush, crushless patties. And uh, personal request, he wanted to talk about Dark Thrones, Transylvanian Hunger. And uh, we're going to do it. Yeah, that's... Yes, that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat. Yeah, podcast. tune in because it's really going to happen. True story. Uh, 